This is AM Reviews. I'm Adrian. I'm Muhammad. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and all things superheroes. And whatever else interests us. Be sure to like AM Reviews on Facebook and check out our YouTube channel at AM Reviews. And follow us on Instagram at Moe's underscore TV16. And at just underscore Adrian underscore underscore. Which will be linked in our podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to AM Reviews. It's Mohammed and Adrian. We're here to review Onward, Disney Pixar film. Um, it stars uh, Spider Man himself, Tom Holland, Chris Pratt. He Star-Lord. is, yeah, Star Lord, and Octavia Spencer. There's the mother, but I don't really know her like that. But Julie, so Julia Louf- Louise uh, Dreyfus, famous, um, not in usually things we watch. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really know much about her. Allie Wong, I think she's a comedian. Oh, she was the officer. Yeah. Officer Gore. Yeah, and we also had. I we're skipping. Well, we'll get to it a little later. The other officer, openly gay character. Mm. If you caught oh, that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I remember that in the moment, but it's been mm-hmm. probably a week or so since I've seen it. Voiced by famous director um, Lena Wahi. I think I forget. I forget to say her, her last name. Um, but she was one that directed. Uh, oh gosh, the movie with the cop. Oh, <laughs> your favorite movie uh-huh. is Queen and Slim. Queen and Slim, yes. The director of Queen and Slim uh, voiced the gay uh, police officer, yes. I think that's pretty fitting because that's what she is in real life, right? Yeah, she's all about, yes, yeah, she is. And she's all about social justice and awareness and things like that. So uh, it was a fitting role. Short, but fitted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you barely even notice her. But that, that was a crucial point in there, that little nugget of... Um, I guess diversity, but um, this story tells the uh, relationship between two brothers. They grew up without their father. Their father died because of some health concerns. I, I don't think they really went into detail about it, but this world revolves around magic, but the world has now developed past that and people have just forgotten about magic and everything is run by technology, kind of similar to like how it is today. Uh, the brothers, they have a history of uh, magic use in their family, and their father was a, I guess you can call him a sorcerer, but he left them a book for them to read, and this book has a lot of magic spells in it, and the, the younger brother, which is Tom Holland, Ian Lightfoot, he is the one who is able to cast spells, and the younger brother is the one, I mean, the older brother is the one who knows all about magic. He, he's he's basically a fanatic when it comes to magic. And they're just trying to bring their father back and meet him. So what did you think about Onward? Well, I think it's, um, I think it's, it was a really nice story. Uh, I think it's, it falls true to the, uh, the old Disney um, fairy tale thing where no one can have to both the parents in their lives, unfortunately. Um, for it to be a good movie. But this one is all about that. I think it dealt with loss of a parent very, very nicely. Having Harley, the older brother, um, had known him when he got sick um, and died and had the younger brother being born after um, after his death. So they, I think they did a really good job 
portraying what that feels like in the real world um, and dressing it up with the fan- fantasy dungeon and dragons and stuff like that. Very nice, wholesome uh, Pixar story for sure. Um, I I don't know about you, but and I guess Disney's so big, like it's just gonna happen because they're big. They get the big name actors and actresses. But I don't like having recycled actors over and over and over and over again <laughs> and having Chris Pratt and Tom Holland who've been in c- collectively like six or seven different Marvel films, um, some of which together, I was just like I couldn't see it for the movie it was because I'm thinking about them because um, their voices are so distinct. I wouldn't even say their voices are unique. I've just seen so many films with them in it. Um, to have them in this one again ah, did not feel with that. But let me interject right there. Yeah. Just okay. on that point. I I thought that they disappeared into the role. I, I thought that the voice acting was pretty it, it was done pretty well. Um you don't I don't you don't really notice that it is them. Because it, it, it didn't I, seem like their natural voice. I will say uh Tom Holland was a little bit I could disappear with him a little bit more. I think that's somewhat because I don't think he has a very distinct voice. Chris Pratt stood out to me a lot in the role. <laughs> Well, he is Which, I mean, more I guess of the comedic relief. He he is. And, you know, I mean, I don't even know if that's a proper thing to be upset about because, I mean, you hire voice actors because they're famous and good at it. So if they are, then they are. But you just it, seeing the same person. Exactly. I would love I would love uh, to get some new faces. Like when they did Moana, for example, they made a point to get someone who wasn't big and famous yet um, to voice Moana. And I think it really paid off creatively because you get to see that character for just character right instead of the name or the actor or actress um i think i was watching something a while ago and it was a critique on um prince uh it was a critique on aladdin and they're talking about how uh they really use robin williams for commercial and toys um because of his familiar voice and they've done that every since in every kids movie since aladdin they have they get at least two or three big, iconic voice characters to sell toys and, and to make people come out to the movies. Um, and it's their formula. It's Disney, and it's worked for them. Um, but this one, I, I really thought it showed, just for me. Okay. Well, I, I can definitely see that. But this movie, I think it suffered because of the coronavirus, which is affecting everything. And it went straight to Disney Plus maybe a month or so after it came out. It did go pretty early as a gift, they call it, to Disney Plus users, um, <laughs> that you can see it early. Um, and that was I the only wonder, way I was going to see it. That's uh, <laughs> 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 reviewing it now. Uh, so <laughs> I think it is, it is a wonder uh, how much money they lose or gain by putting it on the subscription service. Um, I think particularly for Disney – for me to understand, it's kind of difficult because of how they get their money. Like, I mean, my art Disney Plus is paid for for a year through um, for having Verizon. So I don't know what kind of contracts they got from like a lot of big businesses um, and how that affects movie releases and, and money they get. So um, I, side note, they did push back the release of Black Widow and every sequential Marvel film. Um, after Black Widow. So they're not going to release the DVD in the near future, at least. They just pushed everything back. So yeah, it's interesting to see why they didn't with that. And, you know, I'm sure money has something to do with it. Oh, yeah. They, Disney Plus. 
they, they spend a lot of money on these Marvel movies, and they don't spend that money just for them to go straight to Disney Plus. We're trying exactly. to get this money out here. <laughs> exactly, we gotta get this money, uh, and then we can put it in there. And some people have wondered if they're gonna put movies on Disney Plus and add a premium, so you can rent this movie on Disney Plus for 19.99 or something like that, you know. Um, so it'd be curious to see what they do in the future, especially with this virus and how long it lasts. Um, but, and I guess this whole tangent brings me to my first issue with on, Onward is it was a little bit boring <laughs> and it's easy to think about something else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was pretty entertaining uh, for the most part. I was actually multitasking. I was doing some at home work and watching it, but the parts that I <laughs> didn't pay attention to, I thought it was pretty entertaining. The, there are some really interesting parts, but there are some parts that are just easy to be distracted on. Um, Cause it, I don't know. It's it's a they do a lot. Of, you know, the brother Chris Pratt's character talks about how this is a quest, a hero's quest, because his brother is now a mage or a wizard, um, because he was able to bring back half the body of their father with the spell, and Barley was not, and Ian was. So they're like, you know, it's a magical quest. We're gonna do the things, right? And it kind of felt like Shrek in a way, but Disney. Did you get that? Because it was like a play on fairy tales with real-life jokes and things, but it wasn't disrespectful, though. You know, Sh- Shrek was a little disrespectful to the Disney name. But this was yeah. like a wholesome Shrek-style film, um, seeing fairy tale life in this lens, and, you know, DreamWorks just did it better. And yeah, so much happened. better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that this movie is bad, but Shrek is on another level compared to this. Right, right. Instant classic. Um, this, there's no identity. To me, it'll easily fade into the background of buses and planes when little kids ask for the tablet and their mom will hand it to them and they'll turn on this movie. But even then, I don't know what the, the play, I've watched it twice now, and I'm not sure about the playback quality of it either because there's nothing that you, like, I'm, I'm excited to relive again, right? You can make. No. The cheap argument with like Frozen or Moana, the songs you go back to, right? Kids play it over and over again, just that one part. But what do you? What was the most exciting part of this movie for you? I would say, now this isn't really exciting. This is more of just having that feeling of it. It gives you like a good feeling inside because at the end of this movie, Ian, uh, which is Tom Holland's character, he's the one who's never met his father. And they're finally able to bring him back, but Ian is not able to see him. And the brothers, they go back and forth and fight throughout this whole quest to get their father back with a full body. But he finally realizes that his brother was really his father figure the whole time. So I thought that was a pretty good moment. But other than that... I I agree. That was a very (laughs) wholesome moment, a very real moment for a lot of individuals. But this movie's for like ten year olds and under. Did they catch that? Um the most but, of them, I think the ones who experience it probably have, and you could argue this film was made for them. But I don't know what other kid is begging to watch this over and over again because no, there's, there's, there's a lot of other Disney Plus movies that they could watch. They could easily choose those over this one. But right. I thought I found that to be one of the the most important parts of the movie. Most that definitely. It, it pretty good lesson from that a lot of people now they don't really have their fathers in their lives and they do have some brothers but 
their brothers are the ones who helps them get through things, lead them on the right path, make sure that that they're not making the same mistakes that the older brother made. Definitely agree. Completely understandable. Um, and I thought it was I thought that point written very well through this whole thing. Um, leaning on family, that brother relationship um, was very nice. It was a wholesome film, um, even if it was a little boring. Um, so, yeah. No, I, 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 I thought you thought a lot higher of this movie before we talked about this. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, and I think it's a good one to watch. I think, you know, just watching Pixar and how they come up with ideas is really fan, uh, interesting. I follow the Pixar theory, and talking about how this fits in the Pixar theory um, is very interesting. Um, so, no, I, I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't not my favorite movie, but it was a good movie. Do they have, like, a Twitter handle or Instagram handle that, that you follow or something? For what? The, the, the connectivity of these movies. So, no, there's other YouTubers who um, do it more extensively. Like, um, oh, my God, I'm going to mess up their name. They're the brothers. Um, they have a really good video on the Pixar theory. The Super Carlin brothers are very good them. about staying on top of the Pixar theory um, and how all the movies fit together. They like the best ones at it, I think, um, because there's a there's a, a like original Pixar theory, but it stops, you know, a few years ago. And they're really good about continuing it with the new movies and seeing how they fit in all together. Um, so here and there. Because they have that much time. Yeah, because they do. Um, and <laughs> and it's interesting, like this one, it's, you know, could it be a future Earth, like somewhere after maybe the people came back um, in Wally? But then they're like, well, actually, if you look closely, there's multiple moons in this movie. Um, I think there's a set of like three in the sky, which means it's not Earth. So, you know, could they be in a different universe or um, do they exist far after on a different planet? Because they, it's like. The movie is filmed as if Earth was in like the 70s or 80s um, with the th- like the exercise videos on the TV the mom watched, the van that Barley drives, even the way they dress. It looks like it's like a inconspicuous um, 1980s, 1970s film, um, except in a fairy tale universe. Um, so all those things, very interesting concepts, how they came together with this. Um, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was good. I, I thought it was good. Um I like Chris Pratt's character more than Tom Holland's because he kinda had a naive optimism about him where mm-hmm. nothing ever really got him down. He's always looking forward to the next thing. He definitely did. Um he I honestly was I was a little more I identified more with Ian. Because Barley was getting on my nerves too, uh, being so clumsy. Like this whole movie could have ended a lot differently, and they could have both met their dad if Barley wasn't selfish. They don't talk about it, but if he would have just given the staff to Ian, you know, maybe after the third or fourth time it didn't work, well, they could have brought his dad back a lot sooner. His mom was in the room, would have understood sooner, and they could have had a movie about spending time with loved ones before they go, 
um, that way. I think the way they did it is a little more realistic because you can never bring someone back from the dead. So they really chose to only you know bring him in for like a few seconds. I um, mean, we didn't get to meet him as a character um, when he was there. So I guess it makes for a better story and a better movie. But whole thing could have been much shorter if he just said, Ian, you try with the staff. Um, and he could have brought him back, a little, you know, and they could have both met him. Yeah, um, but I thought that not meeting the father and getting that closure was kind of a, a missed point there. That I, I feel like he still could have met his father instead of just watching from the distance um, as his brother. Yeah, and some... not meeting him. Yeah, that was I was really sad there. I understand it adds dramatic effects. And I think a little bit of it, it reminds me of um, of uh, Bird Box, right? So there's this scary creature that if you look at it will make you kill yourself and will harm you. So what do they do? They never show the creature in the movie because the image of the creature can never live up to what our imaginations are of what it could have been. So I think in this film, they went with the less is more approach. You know, having the father be a mysterious figure we never see could make it mean more because our imagination is really wondering, what was his voice like? You know, um, what was he wearing? Um, was he funny? Was he a deep voice? Did he look like Ian? Or like the, I mean, we saw pictures of him when he was younger, but I think they did that very much on purpose. So we could go with our imagination. Yeah, I, I guess you have to have some imagination, but I just thought that was a, a, a missed plot line. And they do have a buffoon of a stepfather. He's a police officer that chases them because they're going, they go on this quest to find uh, the stone to bring back their father fully. But he was just a running gag. Yeah. And I guess centaur thing. (laughs) Yeah. A fat centaur who doesn't like to run. Um, (laughs) Also, I got upset when he walked in the house for the first time. And he's swinging his horse body around and messing everything up in the house. He just knocked over all this stuff, messed up the table, about broke the chair at the kitchen table. If you don't get your hooves, I mean, just, I thought, I was like, what? Yeah, it's a joke, but, like, how would this work in real life? It's like people's complaints about, like, uh, what's the movie, Bright, with Will Smith on Netflix? I love uh, that how are they dragging yeah, but they, you see there was a dragon in the sky in this. It's like, how does that make sense? How does it doesn't. It didn't matter. In, in a New York in, or, or California environment, uh, is there bigger, are there bigger doors for this dragon? Is this dragon a bird or is it just a regular person? Because we have mosquitoes, but the mosquitoes are pixies. So did he just murder someone when he whacked that pixie? Well, I mean, it is all, you know. You know, is it a bug? This, exactly. Is it a bug or a person? It talks. I feel like if it talks to you, you swatting it with a newspaper and killing it should be murder. But you know what? That's we're not reviewing bright right now. Wait, wait, wait. Especially think, in a wait, especially in a movie that has discrimination as one of the themes. Right. So it's it's fine. So it's fine if the white guy and the black guy make fun of the Mexican. That's what happened in Bright. The, the ogre and the black guy took on everybody else. Uh, so racism fixed? I don't think so. No. Um, so that's that's my issue with Bright. But I thought this movie stepped into that a little bit. If you're going to build a world, build it right. I think Zootopia did it right. 
You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? I really company, like that movie. But they made things different. They showed giraffes and how they had an extra like door above everybody else, something like that. And they showed the different little types of communities. Um, this one obviously didn't care to explain those things because it wouldn't have added to the plot at all. Um, they they more so made a joke out of it by having the uh, the centaur be just crazy. How did he drive? How did he, <laughs> he could barely fit in the car. <laughs> he could barely fit in the car. And and they make a joke out of it sometimes. He's walking through the house and his butt is just swinging on everything. But he can't feel that. But when he gets in the car, it's a regular seat and it's fine. Also, he has on a belt. Why does he have on a belt? What is his shirt tucked into? It just disappears into his skin underneath the belt. And then he adjusts it. So it's like, where does his body stop and start? Where does the horse start? And where does the human stop? Because I was very confused. Uh, especially when he adjusted his belt and his shirt, I said, whoa, I was like, that, that's a little, what if my waist just moved like that? That doesn't make any kind of a sense. So, no, it, it, it was just for laughs, really. It was disturbing. <laughs> you watch it for a second time and stuff like that, it doesn't add up. Um, and I was very concerned. But all those things said, they aren't knocks against the film. I don't not like it for any of those reasons. But those are things that I always am looking at and noticing in films. Yeah, um, but we didn't talk about Octavia Spencer at all. She plays the Manticore, which is this mystical creature from the past. Was she bad at one point? Or I, I don't, I don't, I didn't really get that. Uh wait, was who? Which one bad? Octavia Spencer as the Manticore, she, the, the one who no, fly. From my understanding, the Manticore, she was never evil. <sighs> See, they, they do they do weird things to that character. Uh, I mean, she has a dungeon; they turn into a Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, but she wasn't evil. But she was kind of like Lord of just magical travel <laughs> um, and, and sending people on quests to find things, which also makes me wonder. If she was the same Manticore that did all of that, which would have had to have been millions of years ago, they said from the beginning, she's millions of years old. So why is she working and turning her castle into a Pizza Hut or, or Chuck E. Cheese? Like, did she just not get a job until now? I just feel like if you're alive for a, for a million years, you have no reason to not be a millionaire. Why are you working? Does no one have respect for your name and what it was? Is that what happened? Like, I don't understand why you're in the bottom, why you're serving five-year-olds cake at a, at a, at a birthday party. And everybody um, got to get out, get out here and grind, you know? They, but it don't make sense because, I mean, they have a mascot manticore and they have her who's working in the, uh, in the, the restaurant as like a general manager. And it's like, I don't, if I don't expect, uh, Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, to be working at a store. Like, I don't understand why she was working there. As, it was just for laughs, just like everything else. I, you're right, just for laughs, but again, if you look at these movies from an adult lens, it don't add up. It, it just doesn't add up at all. I did, like, my favorite scene was probably the pawn shop scene. So the manticore, the mom go to the pawn shop to find the manticore's um, sword. And they go to the pawn shop looking for it, and they go to the lizard lady 
who's the worker. And, you know, so I'm looking for this sword. She says, oh, here it is. And then I think she says it's like something like eight. And it's going to say like eight dollars. But the mantra goes on about how it's so unique and precious metals. And then she raises it to like eight million or something like that, um, which I thought was hilarious because pawn shops only value stuff based on what you want to pay for it and then just double it because it's a pawn shop and then you do it. Which that was a, a very fun moment that took me to Zootopia when they're at the, when they're at the DMV. Like it's a real life. That's how it happens. And it's happening in this movie. I thought it was pretty funny. Oh, yeah, that was pretty funny, especially how they just left her there on the floor. But <laughs> Zootopia did it a lot better, making the world feel real. They designed the whole world around the characters. They didn't make it into just a running gag. And that wasn't just the whole movie. Zootopia was more about um, discrimination. I don't know what you would call racism, racism for animals, but they had that in there. Yes, they did a really good job of you know, their their story stories uh, thread was all about social justice and inclusion and equity, um, while Onward was focused on the family things, so they didn't go into detail with those things. Uh, but very interesting film, very interesting film. Um, I don't, I think we don't have a lot of fairy tales nowadays, so it was nice seeing them create another fairy tale and still give it such a modern take. It was was pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, um, but um, I, I liked it. I, I don't think it's one of the the, the best from Pixar or, or Disney, but it's not bad. It's, it's just above average, but um, if you don't have anything else to say about it, we can go ahead and wrap this up with a rating. Yeah, we can go ahead and go for a rating. All right, so um, our lowest rating is trash, middle is background noise, and the highest is a banger. So how would you rate Onward? I would rate Onward as high background noise. I think that's fair. I think it's definitely, to me, it's not a banger. I love it. Octavia Spencer movie. Um, she was a manticore in this one. Thought she did a great job. Um, but I, yeah, it's just, it's background noise. I wouldn't be mad at it. If I had babysit a kid, they could watch it all day long. <laughs> well, uh, going into this review, I had it as a low banger, but you've convinced me to go to a high background noise. You you finally changed my mind on a rating. Um, I don't think that's ever happened. It has not. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with a high background noise. Um, well, I guess it, there was things that I just didn't notice for the most part because I was multitasking. Um, and it actually was background noise for me because I wasn't paying attention to it completely. Exactly. But I got the highlights of it, and I like those parts. So I missed some stuff. So it was literally background noise for you. I mean, kind of, but not really. I mean, I was paying attention, but not fully. Yeah, I also uh, think the title for little kid, a little weird, Onward, I feel like that's a, that's a lot for a little four-year-old to say. <laughs> um, yeah, for this type of movie, that's, right. it, it doesn't have a lot of layers. Yeah, I, I would say so. And it doesn't have like a, like anything like a take home character. Like what toy are kids begging for after this? The Manticore. She was barely in it. Like <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing, but she was barely in it. And she was like kind of comedic relief, also a plot device, but she was honestly the most interesting character. I'm sorry, but those little trolls were getting a little boring. Or elves yeah. or whatever they are. 
We um, didn't mention them. They were Pixies, I think. Pixies, yeah. I didn't care for them too much. Um, the Pixie Gang. I didn't care for even Ian and Barley. They just weren't interesting. I feel like we have a magical movie. I need interesting. Well, I mean, I guess Ian was a wizard, but um, I don't know. I just want a lot of interesting stuff. The Manticore was a very interesting character. Yeah. Uh, Octavia Spencer as the Manticore was the the most interesting. Yeah, I, I found Ian kind of annoying, mainly because His he was. was. <laughs> yeah, he he was, but he was Barley. just. So... <laughs> Stop! You're ruining everything. You're not a scrub. You he... are a scrub. <laughs> well, oh yeah, that 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 hurt because that was sad. Know. I felt I was like, well, dang. You just gonna knock him while he's down. This this guy just did so much for you, and you just gonna call him. Oh man, you lied and said he was. That's worse than Pinocchio. I mean, that whole scene was hard to watch. Um, that was rough. Yeah, I didn't really like him that much. He he was kind of annoying. Um, he was too too timid. Like oh, too timid. Yes. So, unnecessarily. It's like grow up. You are in high school. You are in. This year, what, 16th birthday acting like this? Boy, if you don't get at this, I mean, it's just grow up. And, and, and there was a scene where he's at school. Um, he's about to turn, I think, what, 16. And he's trying to invite some people over. I don't know if they are his friends, but he knows them somehow. But he's just so nervous that he just talks himself out of inviting them. Without so them, awkward. they yeah, so awkward. They they did not do anything. They're like, wait, are are we gonna be able to come or no? And he's he just talks himself out of those things. Yeah, and I feel like it's just because the movie didn't want to focus on any of the characters, then like five, um, unfortunately. But you know, and also you know, one of those people, one of the characters, um, that was the supposedly friend they're going to invite to the party was paraplegic, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, he had the two crutches. You know, permanent crutches with them. Um, I was like, wow, look at that. It, that's inclusion at its finest. You know, just having random characters make up your film that looks like the world we live in was pretty neat. But that character only got like two lines. So <laughs> I don't remember that character, but <laughs> exactly, because he was in the background. <laughs> if you go back and watch it, um, it's the character. He looks like a very large. He must be an ogre in this universe, um, but he did have the two crutches because he was um, handicapped. His legs were. Okay. Um, anything else? No, that's it. I say onward. Um, hopefully, there's not a sequel. Um, no. And not at if all. it is, it needs to be about the Manticore and her family because I feel like it'd be a fun movie. It could be at the clumps. But just like the Disney form would be hilarious. And you get Eddie Murphy on this now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that would be appropriate. It would kind of be like a sequel, like Finding Nemo and then Finding Dory. Because, right, right. I mean, Finding Nemo was a complete story. I don't think they needed to make Finding Dory, but I guess she was interesting enough to make that movie. And the Manticore qualifies in this case. I agree. If anything, most distinguished character, it could be because there's no other manticores. Um, but either way, I thought hers was the most interesting. Even if it did like a prequel of how she got to the store. Um, how got to- <laughs> that would be more interesting than this movie. <laughs> that, that should be a Disney short. How do you go from this manticore slaying dragons to owning a Chuck E. Cheese? You know, we are not always on the top of the food chain. 
But that wraps it up here for our review of Onward. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And make sure you subscribe to our podcast and other platforms, including Instagram and Twitter, which will be linked in the description.